great play from Tim Ginnivan. Number oh, one, you bring Hodges on show again. Stevie Mothlock! Oh, half of Robbie Gray. He's a superstar for the power. He goes long. Has it got the lead? Yes! Robbie Gray's kicked the big goal! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? I'm Bryce. I'm Brandon. I'm Blake. And I'm Brody. <laughs> Brody's pretty chipper. Yeah, very chipper. Brody, uh, four of us coming at you here. It's not going to be a fun episode. I'll give you that much right off the bat. Um, you might get some entertainment value listening to four absolute um, depressos, but, you know, here we go. we got to chuff on and do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't really want to talk about it, but I guess we're going to have to, right, lads? We do. I mean, this is why we start up a podcast. We talk about the wins. We talk about the losses. Mm, absolutely. So, uh, first of all, let's. Uh, what happened? <coughs> well, that was the yeah. worst loss in the history of the power, in my eyes. Wow, you put yeah. that above 07? 100 percent. I yeah. think when you think about the worst losses in Port's history, you've got the 07 Grand Final. You've got Hawthorne when we lost by 165 points. That wasn't a great day. Uh, the Crows semi-final, we lost by 83 points. And then I reckon you could chuck in the Sydney qualifying final when we were heavy favourites in 2003. The thing about most of those games, though, we were definitely the second best team going into that game, particularly the Geelong 07 grand final. Geelong were the best team all year and absolutely blew us away. This game, we were heavy favourites coming up against a team that was undermanned, had travelled all around the country, had had to do extensive quarantine, missing Bruce, Waitman, Keith, and we were full strength playing at Adelaide Oval with a week off and lost by 71 points. No, no, that was a, that was a spack in right the way through first minute uh even the first bounce they got the first clearance bond like come on bontempelli uh he's a good player let's let him get the first clearance again uh, what about start. well i'm watching on the tv and literally before the bounce is starting and the commentators say hey this is interesting willem drew sitting on the bench yeah torre is probably going to start well and what did he do he got the first two clearances Two yeah. score involvements and five touches before Drew even got on the ground. So, yeah. questionable start. Um, I was just dumbfounded, absolutely dumbfounded that you could start the biggest game of all their lives that they've all played in like that. That was just, it was embarrassing. I, 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 don't, I haven't been as embarrassed as that in a long, long time. Um, they kicked Bulldog six seven goals two in the opening quarter, which is the highest opening quarter by a visiting team at Adelaide Oval ever. Um, we lost the contested possessions by a differential of twenty three in the first quarter, which is the worst in a finals quarter ever since the stat has been recorded. And this stat comes from Slindo. Slindo. <laughs> Three. Three games we played the Bulldogs this year. First quarters, they've kicked 17 goals, 5, 107. 
we've kicked five goals, five thirty-five. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Seriously, so I mean, scary numbers there. What was the uh, the key indicator? Because I think we all saw straight away that okay. it wasn't going to be a good game. You can't put, I suppose, effort. Well, it's tough because you put effort in there as a key indicator, but how do you actually, you know, gauge that, measure it? But Jesus Christ, that's that's got to be one of the most piss poor starts to a game I think I've ever seen. How do you not come out? absolutely firing i just don't get that in a prelim i just i I will never understand that i think we all just kind of sat back and were a little bit shocked weren't we we or the players no we as in the crowd yes based off what you just said yeah absolute shock brody what are your thoughts you haven't said anything yet well just trying to figure out how to say it without losing my trolley you know what i'm saying (laughs) yep no, well, the, the uh, just the vibe, uh, I don't know. The, I was so, the vibe was good before the game started. And the second that ball touched uh, Bontempelli's hands, it was just over in my head. <laughs> like we, we brought it up uh, last week or week before that we can't, be rolling into this game with any slight advantages with potential injury clouds or anything like we've got to absolutely stick the nail in the coffin and then like Bryce said there's zero effort we came out it was just the worst start to a game you could possibly have I just don't I like all the build-up all the hype was it too much did it get in their heads I don't know it didn't work whatever it whatever they did it didn't work it was a choke, is what it was. It was a choke of the highest order. Um, you know, we've Brisbane kind of dance around the fact that you know no one really calls it out with Brisbane, even though they have absolutely choked the past few final series. But we Port fans can recognise a choke when we see one. Yep. And that was an absolute choke. <laughs> but but to your point, like they've had a couple of injuries and in that as well. We had nothing. We had zero excuse whatsoever. We had more players to choose from. I mean, when you look at it, is there a pattern emerging, though, that was very similar to the early 2000s? Uh, We're clearly one of the best sides in the comp. Then we've had two of the best records in the last two years, two prelims and two very disappointing losses. Um, Do we just hope that next year's just going to switch like it did in 04 or... Well, what's the what's the problem? Well, yeah, that that's 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 it. Like, there's, you know, you can look at it. There's the kind of the the turning points of 07. Like, you experience a horrific loss, like 07, or you look at 03 when we choked again um, after winning the minor premiership, and they were able to turn it round and obviously get mentally stronger and go on and win in 2004 or you look at what happened after 2007 and the club yeah. went backwards about six years so it is a it's a crucial turning point that yeah it's it's definitely going to have an impact and it's going to go one or the other way yeah and i said this i alluded to this when we beat the bulldogs in round 23 Felt like a Geelong game to me back in 07 in the final round. And boy, has that come back in full flight. I said, it just had those vibes. Like, I knew we'd come back up against them in the finals. 
Oh, I hate being right, but <clears throat> goddamn. I think, in my mind, though, I think I've never really liked this buy situation. You win um, the qualifying final and then you get a buy and you lose all momentum. The players are fit enough. They can play week by week, especially come finals time when you put everything on the line. I like the buy after um, the prelim, you know, for any like nagging sort of injuries, they can sort of come back into full flight. But I, oh, I just hate it. I think there's some stat in the last seven qualifying finals or something, the uh, prelims, the team who's won the qualifying finals lost six times out of seven. Like the buy ain't working. I don't know if that stat makes sense in your head the way I just spewed it out, but well, momentum is a big thing. On Saturday night, I just that wasn't the best that Port can play, and that's what I think just is so disappointing. Well, if you had a checklist, if you had a checklist of the things that you wanted to do in that game, right at the very top would have been probably what two or three players' names, maybe Bontempelli and Smith, and then pressure. Like, there was literally none of that. Like, forget game plan stuff. Like, just the first five things you would think of to do against a team like that, and you didn't do one. Where's the big, where's the big tackle and then shoving someone into the ground going, like, you know, you're not getting past me? Like, where is that? There was nothing. Willem Drew did it for, like, Willem Drew did it for, what, five minutes there? In the third quarter, had like yeah three or four huge tackles, huge tackles, and that was it. That was the toughest football I saw for the whole game. That little bit there, and then as far as actual skill goes, hell, there was only one player that played any sort any sort of skillful game whatsoever. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, should we just get onto this pair, though? You know, pretty slim pickings, obviously, <clears throat> but. Uh, yeah. We'll just get on to it. One, one vote. Blake, who'd we give that to? One vote. We went with Scotty Lysett. Yeah, you know what? 14 touches, uh, nine tackles. Went at 71% efficiency. Let me just find his hit outs. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I think it was, I think it was about 26 or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, we thought he probably, he was just one that you could put in the top three just for the fact that he was sort of there and not um, actively playing against their own side. <laughs> yeah, he was you know, bit... you, you're always going to get aggression and yeah. uh, effort from Scotty Lysett, and he was just one of the few guys that brought it, and that's how he jagged his way into the votes, in my yep. eyes. Yeah. I don't know how it looked to the rest of you, but it looked like he was uh, copping the, the wrong end of the stick in the ruck there a bit because Martin doesn't really jump anymore. He kind of just ran into Lyset, especially during the center bounces. Anyway, did that? Did you guys see that at all? I couldn't uh, see effect- much from where we were. Effectively, but, uh... effectively, <laughs> <laughs> effectively, just blocked him from getting to the ball every time, which yeah, I thought was a bit rough. But uh, two votes. Two votes went to the Perlo winner in Ollie Wines, and when he kicked that goal in the first quarter, our first goal for the game, I thought to myself there's our captain next year i agree i think he i think it's time for jonas to focus on his own game he probably had a pretty quiet year this year and he's starting to look a bit slower and the the (laughs) on-field 
display that Ollie Wines has put on this whole season for every game and the effort that he's put in, yeah. to me, he has to be captain next year. 100%. Um, one goal, one, uh, 38 touches, 23 of them handballs, four marks, five tackles. Just, again, he at least was trying that entire game. You couldn't knock him for that. Um, you know, and coming up against Bontempelli, McRae, Libertore, it's a tough ask, but he at least sort of matched it with them. Absolutely. Uh, three votes. Three votes to the guy that's probably been close to the biggest whiffing boy on the team in the pair, and yeah. that is Mr. Riley Bonner. Yeah. and Okay, so this is why in his rookie year I loved him, and you guys will not take that away from me. Straight up love Bonner because uh, he has these <laughs> skills, but for the last two or three years or whatever, I can't remember how long it's been, he has not shown that one iota. But boy, he was flashy AF. Yeah, and he just he seemed like he just wanted the footy. Correct. Um, he ran to every contest. He was linking up, you know, give and go type stuff. And yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it was good to watch. Yeah. If, if he that's, was the only... Yeah. The yeah. only guy in my eyes that looked like he had any confidence whatsoever yeah. with ball in hand. He was prepared to take the game on and, and looked comfortable. And it was probably by far the best game he's ever played. So hopefully it's things to come from Riley. 100%. You know, so he had 32 touches, 10 marks. I'd probably take away eight of them for just being the, the easy switch kick possession. But the rest of them were all pretty hard earned and and really trying to do something with it as well so massive massive props to him and if that's a sign of things to come for next year for him i'm very excited uh very good now as a whole uh we already know ollie wines won the pair low congratulations yeah uh, he'll get his golden pair yep congratulations to you lads as well for you know we we, we did a full year lads of the yeah. pair low yeah, unbelievable scenes. Genuinely unbelievable. This has been a concept that that started at the beginning, <laughs> the very beginning. Oh, we couldn't even buddy. get it done then. Two thousand and fourteen. But yeah, so I don't know if you want to do a final tally there, Blake. Yeah, I'll, I'll run through. I guess uh, the top ten wines twenty nine, Boak eighteen, Amon fifteen, rounding out the podium. Aaliyah, 14, Houston, 8, Drew, 7. Then we had Gray and Jonas tied on 7th with 6 votes. Uh, Dixon, 5. And then Burton, Butters, Dersmer and Motlop tied on 4 votes in 10th place. Dersmer did not. He maintained those votes, Dersmer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good job for keeping those. He was on 4 after round 4. Yeah. Yeah, and but you know, coming back from injury, it's tough. So, yeah. Um, good job keeping those stats, stats, Paolo man, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, let's get on to Mark of the Week. Ringer, ringer. Rosie has taken another mark, Rosie. And Connor Rosie. The mark of the Week. Well, we, we gave it to Connor Rosie for it was quite a decent mark, and I believe it was the fourth quarter, which is when he decided to pull his finger out of his butthole and actually <laughs> enter the game. So, yeah. Thanks, Connor, for deciding that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, yep. It was a good little uh, hanger there. But uh, whilst we're at it, we might as well do Mark of the Year. 
Yes, yeah. mark of the year. Mark of the year. It's, I mean, this one's probably a given. Um, yeah. The best mark of the year, but I'll let you lads announce it. Mitch Georgiades in round 17. Mm. I don't know who we were playing. I can't remember it was Melbourne. who we were playing. But Wasn't it on Max Gorn? Melbourne. There you go. It was on uh, Max yeah, Gorn. Yeah. yeah, big mark. So we'll have to come up, we'll have to come up with the uh, D's Nuts mark of the week or something for next season. <laughs> <laughs> Just on Georgiades, like, in my eyes now, there's a lot of Port Adelaide's hopes and dreams resting on his shoulders. Yeah. See, Dixon, he's not, he cannot be relied on. He's getting older and he's just, yeah, he just, I don't know. He can be a frustrating guy at times. And Toddy Marshall, I don't think he's ever going to be the number one forward. He can be the number two man. Um, but Georgiades now, you look at the way that Norton tore us up and Georgiades is kind of capable of, of those yes, things as well. Yes, he so, is. Fingers crossed he can take the next step because we're going to need it. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Mark of the Year. Uh, let's do a goal of the week from last round. Making a buttery. Butters loves it. Butters. Here's Butters. Crispy crush. Goal of the week. Goal of the week. I'll be honest, I actually didn't see this because I stormed out of my house and gone for a walk at this point. But it went to... <laughs> Our man Riley Bonner. Yeah, it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful goal. Well, he wanted that goal straight away. As soon as he uh, saw the opportunity, he called for it, and he let that thing fly. <laughs> he did let it fly. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, goal of the year. Now this one was a bit harder to pick. Yeah. Did we come up with anything? Uh, we didn't have one. We said... I think... Okay, I know. But I think I'm just going to go out and say it was Hammer Hartlett, 60-metre bomb. I think in... Yeah, I uh, liked it. In the moment now that we've just learnt that Hammer Hartlett will be parting ways, uh, I think it's only appropriate we give it to him. Yep, yeah, I'm down with that. I disagree. Well... <laughs> I like uh, Bryce would never vote for this guy in a million years, but I genuinely loved Amon's double candy cell snap. That's not yeah, as good as, yeah, good. good, but not as good as Hammer Hartlett's. That was a momentum turning goal from 60 out. It's Hamish Hartlett. Have some goddamn uh, decency, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tend yeah. to agree on the Hartlett. So it's three to one, and that means that he gets goal of the year. Well done, Hammer. Well deserved, and I'm sure that's probably the highlight of his career now. <laughs> no, <laughs> jokes, Gee, jokes, obviously, wait. jokes, obviously. Have some respect, you piece of shit. Have some <laughs> yeah. Um, that all being said, awards given. Uh, we now look ahead to next year. Uh, hang on, no, we're not at. There was a little segment that... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Bryce, you've been yeah. talking about this segment you're going to do, so explain. Well, we finish. had a caller. We had a caller. Someone called up my phone oh, and left a little oh, voicemail. Yeah. Left a little voicemail on my phone. Um, so I want to be able to play that now, and uh, we'll just enjoy it. This is not me, by the way. This was a caller. Was it 71 points we lost by? Brando? 71 points? Yeah. Lost prelim. 
<laughs> Go and stuff yourself, fellas. I, I, I could rant and rave. I could rant and rave. But I realised today that I'm supporting a shit football team. Today, today's the day, not the day the teddy bears had their picnic. Today's the day that I realised I'm supporting a bunch of blokes who aren't there. Physically, I don't think we're there. Mentally, I don't think we're there. And it's doing my bloody head in. I put the bloody time in each week. I get Brando to do the podcast. I get Blake. I get Brody. I get the stats. Shove the bloody stats up your ass! (laughs) Seriously! Don't listen to them! Shove them up your bloody ass! I'm sick of it! Each week I put in till there's no more left to bloody put. I put in and I'm sick of it! Carl Amon, you had 20 odd touches. Win the bloody hardball, you big, beautiful bastard! <laughs> Darcy, don't know if I like you. I love you, but do you love playing footy? <laughs> Bokey, I'll back you to the hills every week. Because I've got you here. I've got you here, and I bloody love you. But kick the bloody goal, you bastard! <laughs> You'll cost us the game! Because you're shit. And you can all go stuff yourselves. Next year I'm going for the D's. <laughs> there we go. Hey, hey, oh, Lordy. Now, what are our thoughts on that? That could have been the best thing all season. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, that's a... Uh, Very good. Uh, the moment, the first word you said... I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Again, it wasn't me, but uh, yeah, I thought we had to get... It's, it's all I could think of as I was walking out of the stadium was how much I wanted to blast the team, and that's the best I could come up with. Uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> that, uh, that's a little throwback to a video on YouTube called the uh, Best AFL Coach Spray or something like that. It's well worth a listen. But I feel like you just got a pretty good well, rendition of it then. We probably listened to that uh, more than 100 times across our life. Oh, 100%. Oh, boy. No. Uh, 100%. <laughs> all right. With that aside, <laughs> um, what do you lads look forward to now next season? What's uh, what's the bounce back? Is there a bounce back? All right. I'll, I'll go first. We'll go around the circle. I'll go first. There's a bounce back. 100%. You do you got to look at our team and the players that we've got. I don't want to keep going back to these three, but you got Dersma, Rosie, Butters. You've still got your Amon, your Willem Drew, your Fantasia, I suppose, if he doesn't get injured. You've got all these players. We can't look at it. Doom and gloom that we're you know getting the back end of Travis Boak and Robbie Gray and probably Dixon now as well. We have some serious, serious up-and-comers, not to mention George Yardis again. So... I think this is a bounce back, and I think it's more like 04 than 08. So prelim loss, prelim loss, premiership. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blake? Well, that's it from Brody. That's... 
Yeah, he agrees. He said he agrees. Right. Premiers. Um, I mean, the key to me is well, probably the two keys to me are Butters and and Rosie. Like Rosie, to me, is as good and has just as much talent as Sam Walsh and Bailey Smith, who kicked our ass. In my eyes, he's just as good as those guys. He just needs to get a full preseason, have a nice stretch with no injuries, really put in the work, and he needs to play in the midfield. Wines is carrying a load. Willem Drew's just, he's always just going to be a roll type player. Boke is probably got one last year in him. Rosie is going to provide that zip that we desperately need in there. Um, he needs to take his game to the next level. Zach Butters, I think we'd agree he was probably already heading towards that level, but I think the injuries this year have just cursed him and he probably, even when he came back, wasn't quite at the Zach Butters level. So we'll see him hopefully progress. I think Dersma, you know, he's he's going to be a good player, he's, but, you know, he's going to be like a Brad Ebert type, like incredibly serviceable and reliable um, but I don't think he's going to change the dynamic of our team. And then, you know, there's, there's promising signs of Lockie Jones will have another preseason. Um, we might get to see more of Jackson Mead and Dylan Williams and Marty Frederick and Miles Bergman. You know, he had a really strong first year this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of positive signs with the young guys. Um there is. And this this is a team that we got to the prelim still. And even throughout the season, we thought we weren't a finals team or a top four team, but they still got there. So as much as that loss absolutely stings and it's, it's, it is disgraceful and embarrassing, you still have to look back and go, you know, fair crack for getting that far. One guy who we didn't mention in the Perlo because he wasn't in the entire leaderboard didn't poll a single vote was Darcy Byrne-Jones. Uh, won the best and fairest, obviously, last year. I don't, I don't know what happened. Well, maybe it was a strategic, like a, you know, a game plan thing that sort of didn't work for him as well as it had. Maybe something like that happened that we just couldn't quite see. Yeah. But, you know, if he can get back to anywhere near that yeah. level of 2020, um, you know, that's going to make a difference. I do have concerns over a couple of guys after, particularly after the displays on Saturday night. The first being Stephen Motlop. I don't, I don't Correct. know, I don't know what his his yeah. contract situation is, but I think his contract's done. And you and you can throw in his mate on the other side of the forward line in Orazio Fantasia, who I'd been concerned about for a while. Um, who's in the same boat, like he. You know, had a ripping qualifying final when we're all playing well. But he's another guy that I worry about. But, you know, we've just signed him on, I think, a three-year deal. So yeah, he's going to I think, but I think out. it's tough for Fantasia because he's clearly got that talent. But he did get injured. He had a pretty shocking season that way. New club. I think we got to give him at least next season to figure it out. At least. Well, yeah, he's got, we've got him for three years, so he's good. We'll no, but I mean, I mean, like, he's talking no, about your feedback. Yeah, I'm thinking for you, like for the fans, just give him another yeah. season. 
Well, onwards and upwards for 2022. Um, I'll be married by that time, so things are looking up. You know, things are really looking up. Uh, don't know why I threw that in there, but it's just yeah, something you think bizarre. about when you hear. Well, you hear about you hear all about me. You hear 2022, and you go, "Oh, that's I'll be married in 2022. That's nice." And I just went, "Yeah, let's go for it." So I don't know what my excuses will be next season, but I'll come up with some. Don't worry about that. It sounds like you're signing off before the, the ketosis. Final quiz. No, no, no. No, I was going to say, let's just wrap that up. <clears throat> We're onwards and upwards. Let's get on to this quiz. I honestly contemplated not doing a quiz, <laughs> but you got to you got to give the fans. You got to do want. it. So yeah, they like to be it. tested too. They do. Yeah. Hey, it's Blake's quiz. Uh, so the theme was the twenty twenty one season. All right. Ooh, I like it. Question one. I have a chance. <laughs> What was the biggest bag of goals kicked by a player this season and who was it by? Four. Georgiades. Incorrect. Damn it. Incorrect. Three. Five. Three. (laughs) Five. Dixon. Yeah. I can't remember any bags. I heard you say five. That's half a mark. Five. Wasn't it Dixon? Incorrect. The most he kicked was four. I reckon it was Georgiades. Robbie Gray. Fantasia. Incorrect. Incorrect. (laughs) Marshall. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to give this one out. Connor Rosie. Ah, yeah. Okay. Against yep. Geelong. Oh, shit. good. On to the next one. Question. So I get half a point. Half a point to Brody. So you're in the lead for the first time ever. <laughs> yes. Question two. Drew, Boak, and Wines were our top three tacklers for the year. Who was fourth? Amon. Question three. Oh, what was a multiple two? Choice. Oh, I don't give a shit. All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That'll play well on the recording. Question three. Multiple choice. Scott Lysette had the most freeze against this season with 38. Who was second with 31? Was it Drew, Dixon, Boak, or Georgiades? Georgiades. Drew. Georgiades. Who said Georgiades first? Me, no way, not even close. Oh, keep it interesting, keep it interesting. That is... Question four, another multiple choice. How many goals did Charlie Dixon kick in our last three games of the season? Two, three, four, or five? Three. Three. Incorrect. Four. Two (laughs) goals... Two goals in the last three games. Question five. So who's that? I think we've got Brody on on one, one and a half. half. Bryce on one. And I'm on zero. I'm on two and a half when you listen to the tape. Incorrect. Okay, final question for the season. Another multiple choice. Three times Connor Rosie equaled his career high in disposals this year. What is his career high? 23, 26, 29, 32. 23. 23. Brandon, 26. 23. You bastard. <laughs> you absolute bastard. Brody wins the last one of the year. Well You're welcome, done, mate. Yeah, snaked my... How would you even go for that, Brandon? Well, I want to get a question right. 
Okay. All right. Okay. Well done, bro. Who Congratulations. I? Who am I? Thank Last you. Last one. Thank you. You're Thank Bryce. You. Um, all right. <laughs> I was a Rising Star nominee. I was runner-up best and fairest twice. And I've won the Gavin Wang and Ian medal three times. I uh, kicked 81 goals across my career. And I've been in the 22 under 22 for three years. I was a Port Adelaide captain. Wines. Correct. And I won the Pearlo was the next one. Yeah, very good. (laughs) I win my first two, am I? Very good. Yes, well... All right, kind of a flat episode, kind of a long one. I'm just going to say it's a hooroo from me. That's Bryce signing off for 2021. Very sad. It's a hooroo from me. That's uh, Brandon signing off for the season. It's a (laughs) hooroo from me, Blake... Linford, and I'm signing off for 2021. And it's a hooroo from me. That's Brody Jacob Rivers Hart <laughs> signing off wow, for names. season 2021. Four names. Four names. Nice. Very nice indeed. Yes. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, no, 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 no. One and a half. Yes. Love, Love you. you. Oh, dear. Love you guys. <laughs>